So I walk by the uh, bathroom on Saturday, and I hear my wife's in the shower, and I hear these male voices coming out of the bathroom. And we we have a Bluetooth uh, speaker in there in our shower, which is a game changer, by the way. And we'll change the way you shower. But I walk by and I'm like, "What is that?" I, she doesn't she doesn't usually use it. And I'm like, "What are these voices?" And as I get closer, I realize that it's you two chuckleheads doing Doc Emmerich. And my wife is showering, listening to you guys doing Doc Emmerich talking about me peeing. I'll tell you, you haven't lived <laughs> until you've heard Russ's voice uh, along in the shower with your wife. So thank you. Thank you, guys. You were both there, but I specifically heard you, Russ, and now I hate you. That's really horrifying, and I'm sorry. Mrs. Scott, clean your left armpit. Now your right armpit. Perfect. I love Careful. This. Careful. Do you guys go left armpit first or right armpit first? Left. Left. Always. Always left. Yeah. This morning, after this podcast, try your right and see how it changes your day. Let's do it. Nope. I refuse. I, I, yeah, I'm a creature. Deodorants, no way. deodorants the same way, too. If you're right-handed, you know. you're going to always go left left pit first. Um, where Ooh, do we start? They were good. They were good. Of, let me just get one thing out of the way really quick. Um, I don't know. Last week I, I was talking about, and I think I've talked about for two weeks now, about how I've wanted the Eagles to get the ball to Alshon Jeffrey. And before we, we praise the team and, and go uh, jump up and down out of our seats, I think it was the first play of the game, or it was at least on the first drive the Eagles had. They got Alshon Jeffrey the ball in space. I think he ran a wheel route. And he picked up like five or six yards. And I thought, man, this is awesome. This means they're they're actually game planning around Alshon. And he ends he ends the day with four targets, three receptions, which is fine. He was against Patrick Peterson. I get it. Um, yes, there, I wanted, thank you. I, wanted to, let me, I knew, let me do like the one I knew you were going to bring this up, Russ. Just I knew one. you were going to key... You're going to start this this goddamn podcast with a negative, and I'm not going to allow it. Because first of all, he was he had Patrick Peterson on him. And when you think over the first six weeks, uh, Jeffrey's had what? Josh Norman, Janoris Jenkins, Patrick Peterson. Who am I forgetting, Adam? Damn, no, you said a lot someone. of them. Uh, who else have they played? I'm blanking. Uh, Redskins, the got Rams. that. Uh, yep. Chiefs. Uh, Marcus Rams. Peters. Ah, yep. thank you. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, so it, it, this actually sets up really well for for Alshon too, or if you're uh, Moose, all shown to um, <laughs> to impress in the coming weeks as he's not constantly facing top cornerback matchup. So I think he's a little bit of a sleeper for this team, and that's pretty good for a four and one team. But I refuse to let you start with a goddamn negative. This was now such what I was a- going to say because I didn't get to finish is. We talked about all offseason after they traded Jordan Matthews that it was going to be slot by committee. And all I can think about after watching yesterday's game is it really is an offense by committee. And what I mean by that is there were eight guys that had receptions yesterday. Uh, They're spreading the ball around well. A defense can't just target in on one guy all by himself. They're, They're getting the ball to multiple receivers, tight ends, running backs. The running game has looked great. And when you are spreading the ball around like that, it makes you an, an exponentially harder offense to match up against. So I know that typically we like to uh, to rail on Doug, especially Kyle. I don't really see too much that you could rail on Doug for after this game. It was it really it was the first time this season that I could say end to end I enjoyed watching the Eagles. It was a complete win. Yep. Yeah, and I don't even think you need to hedge it in. Let's not rail on Doug, you hedger. I think we could just say it. He was 
that was an excellent game all around. There's nothing. There was nothing to dislike about that. Um, we finally got the deep ball from Wentz that we were looking for a couple of times. All of the receivers looked good. Nelson Aguilar, easily his most impressive outing, at least if not from a statistical standpoint, just from purely the eye test. The deep ball was incredible. That's the sort of play we've been waiting for him. You saw his athleticism avoiding the tackle down at the goal line. He gives the hat tip to Deshaun by diving into the end zone. Uh, Zach Ertz, this is, I think we could definitively say this is the Zach Ertz breakout season. He's just steady, consistent, one of the top receivers in terms of volume in the league. Uh, the running game, well-balanced. Blunt for, 70, for Blunt to have 74 yards yesterday against that Arizona front, especially in the middle, I'm super impressed. Like nothing, He had a couple runs that jumped off. His Kyle, numbers won't ready? jump off. But Kyle, are you ahead. ready? Yeah. It, it is week five. Mm. We, you, you said this is the time when you would be able to laugh. Are you ready to officially take back your words and, and commend LeGarrette Blunt? I think we all need to hear it. No, the same way I wasn't ready to bury him after week two, I'm not ready to admit failure. Oh. I hold on. hold on. Over the oh. summer, I wrote mid-October. So after Thursday's game, we will officially be mid-October, and I'll, I'll pass judgment. All right, so but I, I'm not. I'm, but I'm Thursday games are a fucking crapshoot, and like, t- like the the Patriots scored like 15, 16 points. Yeah, but it's like offensive output's weird. Is there a buy after that, or is it okay? No, like, no, right. they just so we're still gonna wait. All right. I, hey, I wrote mid October. I I purposefully a good thing I didn't um, pound my chest after week two because now I'd look like even more of an idiot. So, but I'm going to wait till mid-October. I said mid-October. Look, he looked great. For him to get 74 yards, nothing about his stats will completely jump off the page of you yesterday. Well, he that barely, was a I feel like tough he matchup. barely even played in the first half. Like, every time I looked yeah. up, it was Clement or it was Barner. Barner. We'll talk about. But I was like, where is LeGarrette Blunt? And then he comes in the second half. And he's that's what he is. He's the, he's the ice-cold killer that when you need to ice the game, he pops off that 40-yard run. I mean, he, it, there's always a moment where people forget to tackle LeGarrette blunt and it's it's crazy and it's he's man he's been awesome i don't like yeah, to he's use got, the philly he had over five yards per rush 14 attempts for 74 yards i don't like to use the philly guy thing much but like is there a more is there a guy that you'd rather watch right now running the ball than Legarrette blunt who kind of embodies what you would hope a philly running back would be is there a guy that should be sponsored by dutch masters more than Legarrette blunt no <laughs> I was looking uh, around the NFL, take... and there's a lot of missed opportunities for sponsorship. How does Pete Carroll not have a Wrigley sponsorship with the way he chews gum like a cow? There's just – it all started because I was like, damn, Dannon just gave that advertisement from a young black male and Cam to a young black male and Dak. Who in their marketing is thinking, you know what we need to do with our yogurt? I just – I don't get it. Anyway, back to the <laughs> Eagles. Oh, while we're – people we're have off... yogurt? Well, I'm just curious when they looked at their marketing research, if they're like, listen, we really need to step it up in the young black male demo. Let's get a young quarterback. Like, I just, I would like to know the meeting that led to them go from uh, Cam Newton to Dak. It's just curious to me. It's because their playing styles are similar. Duh. While we're off, while we're off Eagles for a second, Adam, this will make you really happy. Um, You and Sim spent all summer beating the drum about OBJ and how he should have held out for a contract. And on NBCSports.com, the lead video is Odell Beckham Jr. injury will make Giants weary 
of huge contract. Yeah, that might actually be Sims because he does pro football talk. But it was a weird day for our other podcast. Oh, let me get my drink. That was a that was an Worse. unfortunate. Uh, let's do this quick tour de force around the NFC East. That was an unfortunate. Oh. As much as I hate the Giants, seeing all three them. of their receivers get get lower leg, ankle, I guess injuries in the I same think, game. I don't think people realize that it was in a six minute span that. Well, that he went down, their slot corner, the Sterling Shepard went down. A few plays later, Brandon Marshall catches a one-handed catch, and his foot, because they're playing on stupid fucking turf, gets lodged in and breaks sideways, and he gets carted off. And then the second half, out comes Odell, and then the next play, Eli gets sacked, fumbled, which turns a Chargers touchdown. So not only do they lose their three, then their fourth wide receiver, Delvin Harris, gets hurt after the game. He's out for the season. So they lose four wide receivers, and they lose to an 0-4 Chargers team. I mean, I'm, I'm, that was epic. I'm glad you mentioned the fumble, because I was going to say, I think lost in this is the fact that the very next play, they're on their own 10-yard line with a two-point lead, and we have a classic Manning cough up the ball, turn it over, Chargers take the lead. Uh, brutal. Brutal for the Giants. The Cowboys, to me, if it, the bigger story for the Eagles yesterday is the Cowboys' loss in what was... I, seriously, I could watch a Cowboys-Packers awesome. game every every week. If they yep. just wanted to do a, a season of Cowboys-Packers... I'm in because between the playoff game last year and that absolute slugfest, defenseless slugfest yesterday, I am all in on those two teams. Cowboys losing. The Eagles now have two games on them. I, I think I don't know how much this is going under the radar. I wasn't paying attention to anything last night, but that is that was a huge swing watching Aaron Rodgers just throw his sling his big dick around and throw that same pass to Devontae Adams twice twice in the final seconds and then convert on the second one that dude is awesome he is the best player in football he's the most exciting player in football he is awesome but we were talking about running backs and to bring it full circle who would you rather have as good as blunt is ezekiel elliott is he's an asshole but god is he a monster in fairness, he, he's running behind that Cowboys line. Like I, I think a lot yeah, of guys. Yeah, but still, look, Zeke is Zeke is the best. The ball Zeke lot. and Le'Veon Bell are the, and I'm not going to include David Johnson because he's hurt. But those are easily the two best running backs in the NFL because both of them are so elusive. But what Zeke has that not a lot of other running backs in his league have, like Fournette really doesn't have, is true breakaway speed. Like, true run away from you, speed down the sideline. Now, I think Zeke is fat right now. And the one thing that did scare me about the Cowboys is that David Irving is back from his steroid suspension. He got two sacks yesterday, and it still looks like he's on steroids. But to have a two-game lead on the Cowboys is incredible at this time of the year. Like we said before, to go through three road games and also the Cardinals at home, which is a tough road team. And we like, I know it's a West coast team at one o'clock, which worked to our advantage, but how many times has Larry Fitzgerald and this Cardinals team just fucked up our plans and to be up two games on everyone in the NFC East, at least and one and a half on Washington. Cause they had their bye. Amazing. I mean, that was – I can't believe the Eagles are in this position. I really can't. You can almost argue that it's two games on Washington since, at the moment, we have the tiebreaker. Um, I made this point in our predictions post, and naturally I was hearing about it yesterday from actually just a handful of, of idiots who were, you know, overanalyzing it. But I owned it. I predicted the Eagles were going to lose, what, what 1915. 
Um, but I wrote in the prediction, I was like, two years in a row, 2014, if you remember, the Eagles, I think, were 7-1 and one at one point. Um, it, you know, we're a year and a half in the Chip Kelly, right around this time, about a month later, it was that Thanksgiving game against the Cowboys, and everything was looking up. And that season, the Cardinals handed them a dose of reality, uh, held them to only 20 points. I think it was like week eight. It was their lowest output of that season to that point before they tailed off the end of the year. 2015, when things started to get real ugly in December, just an absolute drubbing. I think it was uh, 40 to 17 at the hands of the Cardinals. So I just made the narrative point that, hey, Arians is a pretty good coach. This is a pretty good defensive team. This might be the first team to really throw a wrench in Doug's clever scheming. And I don't mean that facetiously. I mean that, um, you know, quite honestly. And that wasn't the case at all. The Eagles benefited from field position early yesterday. So I think those 21 points were a little bit of an outlier and some high variance. He had the, the run back, some really a bad punt, some really good field position. You know, their total yardage wasn't what you would have expected for the offensive output they had. But... Man, um, was I wrong, and were the Eagles good? Um, yeah, I don't even know. Like, is there a player we need the key on? Well, yeah, let's start off all... with the main guy. Patrick Peterson apparently came out after the game and said Carson Wentz is soon to be a top-tier quarterback. And last night, as we're watching the greatest quarterback of all time, Aaron Rodgers, beat the Cowboys single-handedly by himself. Um, I was sitting do you, there. Do sitting, you mean that for real? I'm I do not, mean that. I do mean that because I'm I think, with you. I love Rogers. I because here's the, like I'll do quick Rogers. If Rogers played with Bill Walsh, he'd be better than Montana and Young. I think that he was uh, so much more accurate and reliable than Brett Favre. I think Elway is the closest to him physically, um, but Elway was never as accurate as Aaron Rodgers. And I think that if Aaron Rodgers played with Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, they still would have won this many Super Bowls. I think that Tom Brady is really, and I think Peyton Manning is an incredible like person that like could toy with the defenses and all that, but he was never as physically talented as Aaron Rodgers. He's the most incredible one I've ever seen. Just ever. It, it, like, what he can do with his legs and his arms and his clutch, and he's smart and he's poised. Like, there's no hole in his game. And I think that Randall Cobb is not that talented of a receiver. Like, he did it. Like, Jordy is very talented, and Devontae in the last two years has turned into something. But because really of Rogers. Ha- exactly. He really yeah. hasn't had that many weapons. Um, he never had a Gronk, you right. know? Um, but anyway, we're sitting there, and I'm going, I think Wentz is top five. I go, who's over Wentz? Like, Stafford is is maybe more complete than him right now, and obviously Rodgers. But who is playing better than him? Not Russell Wilson, you know? Not Derek Carr. Uh, like, who? And I think right now Carson Wentz is a top five quarterback. What he's doing on a weekly basis of keeping plays alive and moving in the pocket and making physical plays and his statistics on third down are fantastic the entire year. I don't see anything that Carson Wentz has truly done poorly. And I think at this point he has a top five quarterback in this league. Um, I mean, what he's up? To, he's doing what Tom Brady like. Tom Brady is over him, but Deshaun Watson has been impressive. But he's not where Carson Wentz is, and Alex Smith is probably over Carson Wentz. So he's in that four-five range. I really believe that. Who name another guy? I can't. I can't yeah, find. I'm, one. I'm trying to think. I, I mean, 
I, obviously, I take him over Alex Smith in the long term, and I guess in the short term, it's pretty darn close. I didn't see the Chiefs game last night. I just saw the score. He was I'm fantastic. He was fantastic. He yeah. really was. Um, he's he's an late, early late MVP bloomer. candidate. What's that? That's that. I said he's a late bloomer. Like that's my, that's my the ultimate fe- coach up of Andy Reid. Well, no, I mean his last year in San Francisco was really good. The the thing about about Alex Smith is. Patrick Mahomes, they draft him, and then all of a sudden, Alex Smith has the confidence to throw the ball deep. And it's funny how much competition can change an older quarterback. And then I look at Eli Manning and go, they haven't had a good backup in years. And then I look at Phillip Rivers and I go, they haven't had a good backup in years. And I look at Ben Roethlisberger and I go, they haven't had a good backup in years. And I go, stop enabling your old quarterbacks to play with no competition. And Alex Smith has it. And it's like, wow, that's crazy. But I just I look around the league and I think all the older quarterbacks are, are getting way too old. And Carson is so much better than Jared Goff. And he's better than Kirk Cousins. And he's better than Dak. He's better than all the quarterbacks. It's amazing. All right, so hey, you know, look, look, go ahead. Really, really quick. So the first few games of the season, I kept freaking out a little bit every time I saw Carson carry the ball. And get himself like when he would extend plays. The the only thing that that I've had fears about is that one of these times that he's extending a play that really isn't going to go anywhere. That's going to have to be a ball that's thrown away. I'm waiting for him to take that one hit that knocks him out for a few weeks, and it makes me incredibly nervous Jeez. because he is so, because he is so good. No, I'm just saying like Wentz to me does not look the same evading rushers that like Rogers does or that Dak does. They're they're a different kind of athletic. So. Yesterday was the first game that when I watched it, I didn't have that kind of feeling. It was the first game that I thought, like, when a, when a guy's hanging onto his ankle and he's still figuring out where he's going to throw the ball and ultimately doesn't make the, the you know, the completion, but, but he rifles it off. It was the first game that I didn't have just that overwhelming nervous feeling. Like, I feel that his elusiveness in the pocket and his ability to break, to break tackles, his ability to to avoid the rush i think he's finally kind of grown into it enough and i've kind of seen it enough now that i'm not as nervous as i used to be like when donovan used to evade the rush even when vic evaded the rush i wasn't worried that they were going to take that one hit to end them even though vic was an injury risk every time he played uh yesterday was the first time that I, i wasn't totally nervous and i really did start to appreciate the the elusiveness and the ability to break tackles that Carson has and that he brings to the table it makes him uh, I think it was the Steelers had called him Mini Roethlisberger before somebody else had called him Mini Roethlisberger maybe it was the the Chiefs it was that's the now, Chiefs and, insult and, that's now and like Chiefs. and now like you can really see it, it, it you know it, it's I, I there think... and we're lucky to have him every week. I think part of it, and he cleaned this up yesterday and mentioned it a few weeks ago, sometimes when the pressure would come, it was like you were hammering on R2 and Madden, and you can't cut because he's just kind of wildly running around, and um, a lot of times was able to make something out of that. Yesterday, he was a, a bit more poised in evading something and then head upset again. I think it was the touchdown pass to Aguilar where he kind of sidestepped, not extreme pressure, but got out of the way of pressure, reset himself, wasn't fully set, and just flung it down the field to Aguilar on a almost perfect pass that Aguilar adjusted and caught well. That was the sort of thing that we're seeing progress. It was both a deep ball and him being a little bit calm in the pocket. I think the offensive line has been impressive. I know they were going on and on about it during the broadcast yesterday, but 
Um, you know, you take it as much as I dislike Chris Myers and Moose, take it from guys who see NFL football every week, uh, lauding the Eagles line. Uh, there's a lot of bad lines out there. There's a lot of bad football going on out there. And the thing for me that is most encouraging right now with the birds is that they are so well-rounded. Unlike that, that in that 2014 run with chip and everyone forgets about this, but I mean, once they won that Cowboys game on Thanksgiving, they were competing for a bye. And there was no reason to think it was fool's gold because they had made the playoffs the year before. But that, you know, they were more of sort of an offensive oddity at that point. They were still able to beat teams on on chip scheming and, and the tempo a little bit. They are so well-rounded right now. Clearly, Carson Wentz is, is a positive and, a, and a, on his way to potentially becoming a great quarterback. The running game is deep. It's not dominant. And I think as the competition picks up, they're still going to struggle to move the ball like they have been over the last three weeks. And there still is that chance that they go back to passing. But all the credit in the world, Doug, for the last three weeks for sticking with the run. The receivers, I'm so I'm happy to see that Aguilar is good. Um, he's never going to be great, but clearly he is a is a plus weapon when he's able to catch the ball. Zach Ertz, clearly very good. Alshon Jeffrey is, I think, lying in wait right now just because he's had bad matchups. Everything is low on him. His DraftKings prices are low. Like No one is high on Jeffrey. People are forgetting how good he is. That is a huge bonus. Um, and the defense is so damn good. And you consider that they've done this now two weeks in a row, especially yesterday against, admittedly, a, a depleted offense without David Johnson. They did it arguably without their two best players and Fletcher Cox on the inside and Ronald Darby on the outside. We don't exactly know what we have in Darby, but to see them doing it without the two guys who you would say are the best at their respective levels on the field is is damn impressive. Like look at Nigel Bradham where he misread, I guess it was the I forget if it was the misdirection yesterday. He misread something off the line and sprinted over to save uh chunks of yards with a shoestring tackle. Um, they are athletic at linebacker. I don't know. I'm like I'm just going on and on about how good they are. And then they have guys like Barner who come in and have a terrific day on special teams and are able to run the ball effectively too. Though it always scares me. He's going to do something dumb and fumble. He almost picked up that rolling fumble and everyone was or rolling punt and everyone was screaming for him to get away. But that's another story. I thought it was really funny that McNabb was at the game yesterday. He is fat. Be- well, that's what happens. Hugely I- fat. Um, I hate talking about guys that go are getting fat because I'm like, that's going to be all of us. Um, but for McNabb to be there, you know, a four-touchdown performance from Carson Wentz, I'm almost positive that 2002 Arizona game was the first time that Donovan threw for four touchdowns and he did in the first half. And that was also the game that he broke his leg. And he came back like eight weeks later for the um, – what was the divisional game against Atlanta, and then they ended up losing to Tampa Bay. But yet another proof that Carson is better than Donovan because he can throw four touchdowns without breaking his leg. Um, but that's how annoying Arizona has always been, that even when we're good, they take something big from us. What you said, though, to be doing this without Fletcher Cox defensively um, is really impressive to me. And I know that a lot of people, when we're going to look back at the season and go, but Arizona really wasn't that good. But they still had something to fight for this week. 
And I, I think that always gets lost when you look back in the perspective of the season is there's times where teams can still fight and there's times later when they're not. And I think the fact that we we're playing the Cardinals, who their defense has been good the entire year, and to put up those numbers early on right away when the Eagles have been somewhat of a slow starter this year. Um, and to, t- to truly take it, I mean, for Timmy Jernigan to go, hey, listen, we're going to have you play the Fletcher Cox role of an aggressive three technique and him to go in there, unreal. Bo Allen coming back and not missing a single beat has been great. Brandon Graham has continued to play like a pro bowler and to make all of those storylines for the last few years where we talked about Earl Thomas and stuff. Brandon Graham is going to be playing like this for the next three to four years. And it's going to be fantastic. Vinny Curry is living up to his contract. Uh, Derek Barnett had some good plays. Um, it, it, wow. I mean, it, it really is something special. And to think that Cox is coming back, Darby is coming back, and we haven't even seen Sidney Jones yet. I mean, this is really turning into something. And they're four and freaking one. Yeah. I don't think, yeah, and I don't think we talked about this before, but like Sidney Jones... I think it was last week, tweeted out seven with a bunch of exclamation points. People were speculating on what it means. Could it be the seventh game of the season? Um, Could also be yeah. he loves Stranger Things. <laughs> I, I, wouldn't it be funny? Maybe if he also liked Mike answer. Vick more than he liked Donovan McNabb. Who knows? Ugh, yeah, just yeah, Russ. Yeah, Russ. That was one of your. That might be your all-time worst podcast. Game. I don't, dude. I kind yeah, of agree I'm, with him. You guys are nuts. You guys oh. Are Dun, I hate McNabb. I don't like McNabb. I think he's a jackass, but geez. It's all right, Kyle. Kyle, when Kyle, when he says five will always love you, he's talking about you. Five yeah. is not always going to love Russ and I. Because, because look, this is, this is my main point. Why I like Vic more than McNabb Ugh. is when, every, when Colin Coward went on his speech about how the Eagles got rid of Reed, I look back at those championship games, I look back at that run, and I realize how much of that was Reed. And how much of that was McNabb. And I look back now, and I'm willing to put most of that on McNabb. And I think that the reason we hated Reed later in his tenure here is because we were still harboring some of the shitty play from McNabb. And I'm watching I'm watching Alex Smith execute an incredible offense that is so versatile and multiple. And I'm going, I don't know if McNabb could have done that because he never did. I don't this know if we exactly need to get into it. I don't want it to take over the show. I don't either, feel, but it's worth pointing so out that better. Reed continues to struggle in the playoffs with the Chiefs. And until he doesn't, I don't know if you could fully foot all that on McNabb. I agree. Until we this see year something feels different. different. Yeah, I, told, I, I told my friend to take the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl before the year at 50-1 to 1 just because the odds were so low. And I haven't asked yet if he's actually done it, but he better have fucking done it. Adam, you, you just mentioned something, by the way, that I, I think is kind of worth pointing out. It kind of ties back into our intro this morning. And that's the, re- the real reason that Kyle has a Bluetooth speaker in his shower in the first place is because every morning as he's getting ready to, uh, to look at the, the morning roundup, and he's I don't shower every morning, edit, by the way. to edit yeah. some articles for, uh, for Crossing Broad, he gets in the shower and he puts on a, uh, a track, a pump-up track in it. And it's a, a mixtape of Donovan McNabb's favorite lines and favorite quotes, including the uh, Chunky Soup mix, Chunky Soup commercials. And, of course, right before he gets out of the shower, a little fist bump. Number five will always love you. 
Get some ready for everything. That day. was just a long way of you doing a McNabb impression. First of all, I don't shower every morning as the as that's work rid- at home. That's disgusting. No, no, no. I didn't say every day. Well, I, actually, probably not every day. When you work at what home. What is the difference between morning and day? Well, like, well, because when you work oh, at home, it's like. you might shower like, at night? Well, yeah. Do I want to sleep an extra 15 minutes or get a shower? And it, that is invariably sleep. Shower. So, um, no. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think yeah, you guys You better are wash nuts. your sheets regularly. I, th- I think you guys are nuts. Um, but I, the thing about. The thing about the game yesterday is, I mean, to, to all your points about the defense and stuff, it was it was the it, like classic team win because as much as we you know we look at the offense on those first few drives and we're like oh my god they're firing on all cylinders this is incredible and we've seen these are the sorts of games we used to see from those McNabb Reed teams whether or not you know you remember McNabb fondly there were games for those few years where they were dominant where the defense would just crush the offense come out would put up points and by the end of the third quarter you're looking at the offense standing around yucking it up on the sideline because the game is essentially over um I think we saw that from the offense yesterday, but all of those opportunities were, to your point, they've started slow on offense. They've had the defense help them out in a big way by playing the field position game. The special teams help them out again by playing the field position game. And to me, that's why I'm feeling so good about where they're at right now and why this doesn't quite feel like fool's gold. Acknowledging the fact that they haven't beat, beaten a team. I want the Redskins, but they, I mean, they haven't beaten a truly top eight to 10 team. They played the chiefs toughly. Yeah. Um, I count that as something. Yeah. It's, there's definitely something there, but I mean, again, they're beating the teams they're supposed to beat and they're stepping on the gas rather than pulling off it. Like the chargers game could have gone either way. yeah, Yeah. What you're saying right now, Kyle is an amazing point is I love when teams throughout the year have to experience different ways to win. Washington, they go up 14 nothing. Ronald Darby gets hurt, and the lead evaporates in two minutes, and all of a sudden they're in a dogfight that we weren't expecting. Yesterday, when it went 21-7, to my first thought was, they're going to let this team back in the game. But they were able to put together a few drives, successful ones on offense, and also stingy ones on defense. The fact that they answered the touchdown with a field goal to make it 24-7 to and to win this game and keep the lead. It's important to have some wins where you keep the lead. They haven't done that under Carson Wentz really in a long time. So to get a win where someone comes back and they hold on, where you hold them off, a Chiefs game where you're down in the second half and you you have to make a comeback because the Giants won and the Chargers won were super close. The Giants was an evaporated lead as well. You know, the Chargers was almost one. So to get a lead where they win and they keep the win, I think it's important to win that way because you don't really know how to win that way until you do it. And now it's a learned behavior. And I would the say other- the Giants and Chiefs game are ones where the defense um... – I, I know the the defense took it on the chin because late in the Giants game, but they were very dominant for about two and a half quarters. They, I would argue, were the best unit of the Chiefs game for a little while on both sides of the field. So you've seen a game that the special teams has won with obviously Elliott's kick. You've seen a game that the, the defense has been the, the catalyst. And you've seen a few now where the offense, and then when they're all clicking together like they were yesterday, you see a truly impressive football team. And none of those things are aberrations. This is a you have a excellent special teams coach and a team that's been really good on special teams for 
you know, the better part of six years now, almost. Offensively, they're very consistent in terms of they don't always have the highest ceiling, but they might have the highest floor in the league. Doug Peterson does an excellent job of mixing it up and always bringing something different and keeping the team in it offensively. And the defense has been plus for for the the last 10 to 16 games. And when, you know, none of that is fool's gold. And when they're all firing together, they could they could clearly beat anybody uh, in the league. And that, I think that's evidenced by the fact that they, they could have won that Chiefs game. There's there's another thing. I, I don't know if you guys mentioned it and I zoned out. I don't think we did. One of the things that I think, you know, obviously we've killed and we killed Andy about in the past was clock management. And the inverse has been true with Doug. Uh, against the Chargers, if you recall, the, the last drive they had was 13 plays. They picked up 59 yards. They held possession 6 minutes, 44 seconds. It ended the game. In the Eagles' final possession yesterday, they ran 13 plays, 58 yards. They ran 9 minutes and 14 seconds of the fourth quarter off the clock, and it resulted in a field goal. They're, like That is not something that I am used to as an Eagles fan. And the ability to to call, it really was a pretty balanced final drive as I look at it. I mean, there were a lot of blunt rushes, but there were also a fair amount of passes called that kind of speaks again to Carson being able to uh, extend plays. To to run out that much clock, nine minutes of the, the fourth quarter, is, awesome. is unreal. And it, it really, like, look, that's another thing that you have to give Doug credit for. I mean, yes, the offense has to execute it. They He puts them in the position to hopefully be successful, to kind of go back to that Andy quote. Um, but to run that much time off and to really kind of put the game out of reach, to, to hold the uh, the Cardinals' offense that we've seen, like you mentioned before, Fitzgerald and those guys, to keep them off the field after they've burned you in the past, um, There there's nothing you can say negatively about Doug, I think, after that game. And I really don't know how how anybody could could leave that game with a, with a bad taste in their mouth, even in the slightest bit. It, it was an awesome finish. And if you look, I'm looking at that drive now, and the passes you're talking about. I mean, this is this is a strength because they're able to use the passing game as an extension of the run. I mean, some of the passes on that uh, went to Ertz for. Eight yards. Wentz to Ertz for nine yards. Wentz to Jeffrey for ten yards. Wentz to Ertz for seven yards. So they've, you know, we complained about this after the first few games. Like, hey, the timing on the passing game isn't there. It's drop back, drop back, scramble, scramble, throw a dart down the field, or take a deep shot that you can't complete. And the two things they've done really well the last two weeks is they've gotten those tempo passes, whether they're short little out routes or slants without having to throw behind the line of scrimmage with the the maddening level of screens. They've moved that forward five or six yards and they've been able to capitalize over the top and complement it or or use those things to complement the run. Um, but yeah, that final drive is impressive because they use, those passes are such high percentage looks. They're not they're not throwing fifteen yard chunk plays. They're just moving the ball yep. steadily, and the running game's good enough where you know yeah. you, you you can't you know you have to bring keep some guys close to the line, and that gives Zach Ertz the opportunity to pick you up those have, eight yard chunks. I semi jokingly referred to Zach Ertz at the office now as future Hall of Famer Zach Ertz because hmm. uh, he continues to be on this path. Uh, it's awesome. Man, you also have to remember that win. Yes. on on that final Second. drive, LeGarrette Blunt scores a touchdown. It gets called back because of a chance Warmack hold, and then they continue. They actually ran off another two and a half minutes after that. Like the, mm. to bounce back and to run that much more time off the clock is even better. Yeah, uh, I agree. Russ, can I just ask quickly? Uh, Flyers yep. won again, right? What's their record right now? They're two and one. Two and one, right? 
Mm-hmm. I believe so, yeah. Hell yes. yes. Sixers. They, they six don't play ben again Simmons until... looks amazing. Yeah, the, the Flyers don't play again until, I believe, Tuesday. The Sixers play tonight against uh, Boston in Boston. Mm. Uh, which, by the way, if you didn't watch the uh, the preseason game on Friday, I didn't get to watch a lot of it. I was at my, my buddy's rehearsal dinner uh, that night. But they... Uh, it looked like Ben Simmons was taking that game like a uh, a legitimate this game counts kind of game. He was uh, awesome. They they did lose Rashawn Holmes for probably I think it's the next maybe month. It might be longer. He uh, gonna, they're going to reevaluate his, it in three weeks, but it's a broken yeah, bone, so it's, it's got to be six wrist, weeks. So say. that means Vegan Jaw is going to get more minutes. Um, but that game will probably be worth watching tonight. They play Nash, uh, the Flyers play Nashville tomorrow. Uh, so before we are back on the air or on your uh, computer, we will have a Sixers preseason game, a Flyers regular season game to talk about. And for those who don't care, I believe the men's national team plays Tuesday. And then, the the and then we get a legitimate Eagles recap on Friday as the 4-1 and Eagles face the 4-1 and Panthers, which, oh man, I wish it wasn't on a Thursday because this game's going to be awesome. It really is. That Friday, that Friday pod is going to be difficult. At this hour. It's all right. Um, I watch all the Thursday night games. I'm usually dead on Friday morning anyway. Um, yeah, that, that game. I have faith in you. Two weeks ago, I think we were looking at these next two games and saying, all right, well, the, the Cardinals and Panthers are pretty beatable. And I would say going into yesterday's game, the line said that. But I was I was a little bit more bullish on the Cardinals, at least defensively, than, than they looked. Uh, the Panthers are pretty legit. They're an experienced team. There's... You know, Cam Newton, you could get really good or really bad, and he's a little bit of an enigma, but he's played better of late. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that, uh, for this pod, I'm going to make sure that Sims watches Carolina today and or tomorrow, and I'm going to steal his game notes from him and take a picture for a better look at Carolina. But I do know that their defense right now was fantastic against Detroit yesterday, and their running game is is really starting to good. But I think this could be one of the first podcasts in a while where we all sign off together, and I think in a sign of unity, that would be really powerful. What do you think, Kyle? It's good by me. Rusk, do you think you could give us a little uh, Gilbert Gottfried Aristocrats? I saw him on Saturday night, thought of you, thought of you, took my father-in-law's picture with him. He does not look well, by the way. Thought of Gilbert. you. I am certainly not telling that joke on this podcast. Can I get a little bit of Gilbert Godfrey? The what? Can I get a little bit of Gilbert Gilbert Godfrey being excited about Carson Wentz's continued development? Oh my goodness, there is nothing that I enjoy watching more than Carson Wentz continue to extend a play. Ooh, that's a defensive end at his ankles. Throw it, Carson, throw it. Oh, oh, he's kicked him in the head. He has literally kicked a defender in the head. He completes it to Alshon Jeffrey for a pickup of six yards. This is what we love to see, and this is why he's going to be the greatest quarterback in the history of football. Man. After uh, that, also sounds that like that said, guy. Mrs. Scott, please continue to wash your right armpit. There you go. That'll be really <laughs> funny. I hope hope you're walking down the hall today. And that uh, that could yeah, double that could double as a as a as a WIP caller from Kensington. By the way, I did not realize how oh. dirty Gilbert Gottfried is. His brand of humor oh, is raunchy, terrible. He, <laughs> what are you? You didn't know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah Google. <laughs> I know him more as Jafar than anything. No, um, first, no, he was Iago. Oh, no, no, no. 
Yeah, that would be amazing. Jafar, if you Jafar was the bad the guy. <laughs> if you went up to him after the game, after the, game. the show, and was like, hey, loved you in Aladdin. Well, he was in Aladdin. <laughs> been like, get the you, like, fuck out you of took, You took your son, and you're like, ah, where, where's the, uh, yeah, where's the cartoon like bird? Old. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, though, he does not That's look not well. Like, struggling no. to walk down the stage steps, because he did a signing afterwards. I took my, my father-in-law's a big fan, and I went with him. Um and I took their picture, and man, he does like he is thin and gaunt. I don't know if he, I don't know what's wrong. He does not look well, but he was very funny. But I was hoping to be McNabb and too fat, or Gilbert Godfrey and too skinny. What's it gonna be, Kyle? Stop body shaming us, men. We have enough mm-hmm. things to deal with. I wanted mm-hmm. to just send Russ a picture, but I couldn't hold my excitement, so I just sent him a picture of the stage before Godfrey was on there, and I think it ruined it a little bit. I was jealous. I was. A little he was bit. good. He was good. Very raunchy. Anyway. Good. Not great, but good. Good and raunchy. A perfect way to describe not only Gilbert Godfrey's performance, but that of the Philadelphia Eagles. Thanks for listening to Cross and Broadcast. This has been a presentation of three people who are really tired every morning. For Russell Joy, for Kyle Scott, I'm Adam Lefko. We'll see you on Friday. Excuse me, Wednesday. Damn it.